Welcome to the Mouthy IP. It's like getting together with some of your old friends. How have you all been? Today we have the awesome Sarah Stream live from her studio. We have Dr. Richard Hankins um, already given us a lot of uh, knowledge. And of course, Kate Tyner providing with all of the background and all of the necessary information to make this a complete episode. And I'm the host, Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Oh, hello, hello. You know, today I think we're talking about eye protection. And it means so many things to so many people, depending on where they are in their walk of life and what they do for hobbies and what they do for money. Today, specifically, eye protection in the dental environment, what are we gonna talk about? Yeah, so um, eye protection in the dental environment is, a, eye protection is a very important part of your PPE, your personal protective equipment, and it helps protects our eyes from both infection and trauma. And um, just anecdotally, it's something that we see in um, offices a lot where people either aren't wearing eye protection at all, or they're not wearing the appropriate eye protection. So we wanted to get together and talk about the potential of what could happen if you don't wear eye protection and what you're supposed to be doing. And Sarah, I think one of the best quotes, I'm sure you'll put, we had a couple of very nice articles that you shared with us um, to kind of prime the pump for the conversation today. And I think one of the best quotes that I pulled out was that the dental clinic may be a source of eye-related injuries because of the constant risk, constant of mechanical trauma, as well as the possibility of being exposed to chemicals and electromagnetic activity. So I appreciated that, it puts it into light that, that like truly in the day-to-day -day operations, it's not like a transient here and there risk, constant risk to the healthcare worker. Absolutely. Yeah, and you mentioned a couple of things, not only the mechanical trauma, but we work with chemicals, like some very caustic chemicals on a daily basis and infectious diseases. So we're always at risk of splash and splatter to our um, mucous membrane. So eye protection should be a standard piece of PPE that you're wearing anywhere in the dental office, including sterilization, patient care, when you're cleaning and disinfecting surfaces with any of your uh, disinfectants, all of those things require PPE. And Sarah, one of the things, like we as infection preventionists, I feel like we, we talk about PPE all the time, personal protective equipment. And I appreciated just like one little blip in one of these articles where it's simply like the idea of eye protection tools like as a larger category. And I think that that's a nice way um, to open up the conversation a little bit because I'm afraid that some people may be opposed to eye protection because they once wore something that was uncomfortable or did not fit their needs. Or maybe they've tried on a couple pieces of equipment that did not fit their needs. And so when we talk about eye protection tools, clearly there will be like the glasses type with side protection that goes up as high as your eyebrows and under the eye. There's also the protectors that people can put on glasses that aren't ideal, but also visors and face shields. 
So do you have a, like, you have the most recent experience in the dental operatory. Did you have a preferred type or tool? Yeah. So when I was in clinical practice, I actually um, didn't wear prescription glasses. So it made it a lot easier for me. You know, I had my favorite pair of safety glasses and I just wore them all day long. Um, they never left my face. <laughs> Dr. Hankins has his favorite pair. I, I, I have some, but as, as uh, Kate was pointing out, some of these aren't as a uh aren't as comfortable as others. And so I look at these and say, I hated wearing these, but I found other ones that are way better. Um, so I think finding something that works for you is key. Absolutely. That, it's so important because if you're uncomfortable, then it just sucks to work all day long in it. Right. But it's, it's a piece of equipment. It's a tool that you need to protect yourself. So it's important to have them. Um, I've seen the side shields that people sometimes put on glasses, but um, every time I've seen those used, they're with a pair of prescription glasses that aren't rated as safety glasses. So even though you have side shields on that will help protect from splash and splatter, there is that um, high-speed trauma that we have to worry about in the dental practice that your prescription glasses won't protect you from. Right. And so that one of the articles really defined that well. And um, again, appreciate the examples that um, the solid materials, which are going to be shooting around in the environment, could include tooth corpuscles, calculus, bone particles, parts of steel, gold, amalgam particles. Um, and they can fly off the dental tools or materials um, at almost 60 miles an hour. Yes. And absolutely. so like that's very, very fast. And so like when you consider rated eyewear, it's not just the shape so that it protects you from splash, right? You, it's important that this is an area where you do need to be protected from projectiles. Yes. And I mean, I'm sure almost everyone out there in the dental field has probably experienced a burr breaking off at some point in their career um, during <laughs> use. The high-speed hand pieces that they use rotate at 400,000 RPMs, rotations per minute, which is really fast. And that's what equates to that 60-mile-an-hour right. projectile. Right. Um, now, they don't always shoot at your face, but if they do, we want to be protected. Right. And so I would say at least, like, what I was most interested, what you guys were starting at, Dr. Hankins and Sarah, is taking seriously the pressure points of why this piece of eye protection is not working for me. So both of you talked about wearing prescription glasses. So clearly to put something over your glasses is going to affect your vision field, especially if you're wearing glasses. And so Dr. Hankins, you said you found something better. I'm not necessarily asking your brand name, but I am wondering like, how did you pursue something different? Was it as simple as going to the hardware store? Like, what did you do? Uh, it was looking for other options within our facility. So okay. I, I think that uh, there there's a um, many different types of safety glasses, what people end up like buying for different uh, areas. And so mm -hmm. understanding that there's there are different options um, mm -hmm. and it's not like a one size fits all. Right. One of the other gals on our team did go to the hardware store because she was struggling because she uses um, reading glasses. 
And so to work in, like to go on an assessment like we do, where we should be wearing eye protection and we do, she was struggling between reading glasses and eye protection. And so she went to the hardware store and found safety glasses that have bifocal lenses built in. They're perfectly rated, they're nice looking. And so that really met her needs. Personally, I'm a person like, I wish I liked a face shield, but the glare really bothers me. And so I know I'm not a face shield person. I would, so I have shopped for glasses shapes. Um, and I, if I'm wearing an N95 or something like that, I don't want to have more than one strap, you know, two different items on my head. So I like the glasses type, not the elastic band around the back type. Yeah. The thing that gets mm -hmm. me the most about these are that these like side pieces are so thick and heavy that that's just a problem for me also wearing glasses. So okay. it's like, I don't think these are made for people that have glasses. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So I had so, to find something that just had a thinner piece on the side. I did want to throw in um, a little bit about loops that sometimes doctors and hygienists wear. Um, loops are great for ergonomics. You don't have to hunch over the patient to see what you're doing, but oftentimes they're not rated as safety glasses. So they don't have side shields, top shields. Um, they're not rated for impact resistance, those sorts of things. So if you are wearing loops, make sure you have some sort of eye protection as well. Um, I'm they make side shields you can put on your loops. There are options to go with them. Excellent point, Sarah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. So let's say there's somebody that is um, entering the, the field and uh, they're learning is like, wow, I didn't know I need, I need protective eyewear. Where would one go to find the appropriate eyewear? And what's the range in price for something like this? Mm -hmm. uh, because oftentimes, especially if this is the trade, right? You, you don't want to, uh, cheap is not always better, um, especially when it comes to, first off, the, the, the actual use case. It, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. And then the comfort, which is very hard to define. So mm -hmm. what? how does somebody approach finding the right eyewear? So I want to start off with your this conversation with the, your employer is required to provide you with PPE. So right. it's your, even though you need to find eyewear that is comfortable for you, your employer needs to help you do that. So they should be able Excellent. to provide different types for you to try to find the one that works for you. And there is um, safety glasses are rated. Um, so the rating that we're looking for, it's the ANSI Amy rating, right? Or at least ANSI, A-N-S-I. And it's MS Z87 plus is the rating that we would be like, because I'm, I'm looking at my safety glasses right now. And so I looked that up when I was shopping. So Dan, to your point, I went on Amazon. I know my employer offers them to me, but I was being picky and sassy. And so I said, I want to take that on myself. Um, I want to find something I like. And I also, it sounds crazy. And people will say, I don't believe you. I do use them at home. I use them when I clean the toilet at my house because I've had a bad experience with the toilet's chemical like splashing up that I will wear safety glasses in my own home. And so for that reason, I bought my own. I went on uh, Amazon and I just searched um, the rated eyewear and 
you know, looked at my different options. And I think like the price range to your point, Dan, can be very inexpensive, like less than $2 all the way at like mid range, $15. And I think you can get them as high as 60 bucks, like kind of the ones that are really cute. I've had a pair of those, but I broke them pretty quickly. So. Yeah, I think that's another good point. You don't want to buy super expensive eyewear because what happens if you break it or you get a burr that sticks in it, you got to replace it. Right. Well, no, to the no. point, like the, the lens wasn't broken. I'm sure the lenses were rated and good. It was that I sat on my backpack and broke it off. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so, that'll do it. So question from uh, the idea, when I'm using safety glasses, I'm using them with the idea of I'm seeing a single patient, I'm going into isolation in a hospital. I put on safety glasses, I see the patient, I take off the safety glasses. And when I take, when I'm done seeing that single patient, they're cleaned afterwards. And so in trying to think about how does that translate to the dental field with utilization of safety glasses in terms of, do people, are they uh, cleaned after every patient? Do people see all the patients? wearing one set of safety glasses? Like, how does that play out, Sarah? That is a great question. So um, if you're wearing your safety glasses for a patient, as long as you don't touch them when you're done with that patient, they remain a part of your face, essentially, um, you don't have to doff them and clean them between patients unless they're visibly soiled. So if you had splatter or something on them, yes, you should take them off, clean them, on them again for your next patient but as long as they're visibly clean you just as long as you don't touch them they're fine to just keep on your face for the remainder of your day okay yeah and when i when i would go i would clock into work i would change into my scrubs glasses are on for the whole day just leave them on the whole day um didn't matter if i was in sterilization working in the lab working with a patient even if I was processing x-rays, um, at that time we had a, a chemical processing process. So, you know, working with those chemicals is dangerous as well. Um, or even, hmm. you know, going up to the reception area to bring patients back. They were just always on their face. Right. And with that, um, again, like I... I foresee like kind of a role of a mentor or an experienced person in a clinic talking to the younger people about, you know, their experience. Um, you know, I appreciate any time, any, but like I said, you know, I've had healthcare workers around me, like my coworker who found bifocal safety glasses. That's how we learn about things, et cetera. Um, fogging. Have you guys had trouble with fogging of your glasses? That's another thing that we hear from people, especially with N95 use. Um, do you have mitigation strategies? Yeah, so fogging can be a really big problem, um, especially when you have to wear those glasses for every single procedure. You need to be sure you can mm -hmm. see what you're doing. They do make anti-fog wipes for safety glasses and they're fairly inexpensive. Mm -hmm. You can get like a box of 100 singly packaged wipes. And then if you start to get fogging, you just wipe your glasses off. Um, that's the best mitigation strategy that I have seen for fogging glasses. I know sometimes you can adjust your mask so the seal is a little bit better, or I've seen people put tape over their nose, the bridge of their nose. Um, but then if you're messing with your mask and your glasses are on, then we need to practice hand hygiene before we go into patient care. 
So that 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 was, I think, with an N95, Sarah, that I think you're hitting on the point exactly that if you're having leaking around your N95, that's a sign fogging. That's a sign that your N95 is not on, right? That right? that was so my you, initial thought yep, as y'all were yep. leading into this. Was gosh. Yep. I don't really have fogging issues because I try to make sure that the uh, N95 exactly. is fitted correctly. But then if we're so that's an awesome opportunity to talk about like you know your seal check when you put on the N95, the idea of sealing it around your face and breathing in and out to make sure you're not having puffs of air and adjusting you know both the the foam form and then the metal piece at the bridge of the nose so that it fits good. Yeah, that's every time you put on an N95. So absolutely. And I know right now N95s aren't being used as often as they were during the height of the pandemic. Um, so if you are using them, that seal check is super important. If you're getting fogging in your glasses, you need to adjust things. But even with just mm -hmm. a like a level three procedure mask, sometimes that the metal strip on the bridge of your nose just doesn't sit right and you get that fogging. Mm -hmm. And there's there's less of an opportunity to adjust that seal because it doesn't really seal. So so that has been my experience too, Sarah. Like when we go, like we have often had the opportunity to wear masks when we're in buildings with COVID, et cetera. I'm a taper. So if I'm wearing a paper mask, I like to tape it on the bridge of my nose so that I don't get fogging. Um, so that's part of my kind of like what I would keep in my backpack or my locker, et cetera. And there's nothing wrong with that. That again, like on an N95, that's suspicious because that tells you you're not getting a great seal. But on a regular mask, anything that makes it so you're less likely to touch your face, I believe is a success. Because we, when we touch our face, we contaminate it and that's a risk in itself. So excellent. Absolutely. I think one of the things in the article that I was very interested in, there was a couple that you put in, I hope you'll put them into the show notes, Sarah. Um, one of the little um, articles talked about, a, they didn't call it a survey. They called it, um, you know, a randomly kind of sent tool to accumulate information on eyewear use. And um, in this write-up, they had 20, I'm sorry, 200 um, general dental practitioners. And almost half of those people admitted 48% to experiencing ocular trauma or infection. Um, during any variety of procedures. So almost half of the people who answered the survey had yes, had injury or infection. And I think that's astounding, right? That's a huge risk that you would hope that's something that all the people working in dental patient care are aware. Again, that's a constant risk in that well, environment. And I'll, I'll just add to that, Kate, the same survey, the 48% the of people that reported having an injury or infection of those, 75% of those were because they weren't wearing eye protection. Right. So that is a Excellent huge point. percentage of injuries and infection that can be prevented just by wearing safety glasses. Absolutely. And so one of the other um, points that they sifted out is like, when are people more readily um, apt to wear eye protection? And I was a little surprised that the answer was during the patient procedure. Um, you know, I work a lot with nurses who perceive PPE at times to be a barrier to communication. And so um, I was looking at that as an excuse, and I'm using air quotes. Um, surprisingly, that that is the time that practitioners would be more likely to wear eye protection. And that's very good because that you're definitely like the risk of projectiles 
the risk of aerosolized chemicals, blood and body fluid is there. Um, what was interesting is that it was much less likely when processing contaminated instruments. And that's something when we've done assessment, I believe we definitely see a lot of risk, you know, uh, not having uh, the ultrasonic machine, having the lid on it, people splashing instruments in, washing things in the sink. That's a huge opportunity. And especially when you have piles of instruments, who knows where they've been. I was surprised by that um, because I don't understand the barrier in that circumstance. Is it lack of awareness? Is it again, like people uh, have a reason, like kind of what they perceive as a barrier to wearing them? I was very surprised by that. I think just for me, anecdotally, I think it is a lack of education. Um, you know, even there, there are quite a few dental assistants out there that didn't have a formalized training. They were trained in the office. That's great. But even those that do have a formal education, the dental hygienists and the doctors that have to be licensed, I think when they were in school being educated that they didn't necessarily have to do those procedures, right? You're mm -hmm. in dental school, you you hand the instruments across the dirty counter and magically they get processed and you go pick right. up the next clean set. So right. you're not exposed to those processes. And I don't know how much of that is conveyed in their actual education, their infection control education. So um, it is important to wear eye protection in those areas, especially with the risk of splash and splatter. If you do have an exposure event in your eyes, um, it's not contained to one source patient either. That is, you know, your patient population from the whole day that you're potentially exposed to. So... I did want to touch on what the CDC says about eyewear and dentistry, because I feel like we've gotten gotten into the episode and we haven't yet talked about what do the, okay. the guidelines say on this? And the guidelines say the use of mouth, nose, and eye protection during procedures that are likely to generate splashes or sprays of blood or other bodily fluids um, is important for standard precautions. And they're recommending standard precautions for this. Um, and I found that really interesting because that was generated in 2018. And so this is pre-COVID. They're still telling right. people to be wearing eye protection. And so I feel like if we put on everything that we've seen through COVID and the importance of eye protection um, through that, I think it's just even more so of like, oh gosh, like we knew six years ago mm -hmm. that this was an uh, important thing. Uh, so yeah, just I just thought that was interesting. That, um, yeah. Eye protection and dentistry really started with the HIV epidemic when they started wearing gloves, which was like mm -hmm. late 80s, early 90s. Before that, it was barehanded dentistry. <laughs> I'm enjoying yeah. that dentistry was an industry leader in this sense. I think we should just take a moment and appreciate that dentistry is an industry leader in healthcare and eye protection. Can we Absolutely. say that? I think so. Okay. I know it's, you guys it's... probably laugh at me all the time. I know I've gone on quite a few webinars to other settings like long-term care and our acute and outpatient um, partner webinars where I talk about wearing eyewear and it is just, it's a part of my face during the day. It's not a barrier. Right. It's just something I have to do. And I, I don't understand why eyewear in other settings is such a big deal. <laughs> So. Fair. Again, I think this is a an awesome opportunity that this is something that 
dentistry actually really excels at. And this is like a way that you can double down on success that is already somewhat evident in the field. Absolutely. The points you made, Sarah, I think are very good that um, some dental assistants are trained at the chair side and that some practitioners were trained at a time or like cleaning wasn't part, like the instrument cleaning may not have been as um, prevalent in their training as it would be for hygienists and assistants. And so I think like the mitigation strategy to that it is your annual bloodborne pathogen training right, is making sure that the course that you're using is, you know, specific to dentistry and it touches on the different practitioners in your office. Um, those are things that I believe a lot of practices are already doing that I imagine um, can just help grease the tracks and hardwire the eye protection in those practices. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, Kate. Um, having that annual OSHA training is important. But I also want to throw in outside of that, um, you know, the high speed travel we talked about and the risk for bloodborne pathogens, we also have the chemical exposure risk. So, um, you know, cleaning a, an operatory may not generate blood and body fluid splashes that we need to wear eye protection for. But if you read the instructions for use on your cleaner and disinfectant, it will tell you the recommended PPE, and part of that's going to be eyewear to protect your eyes from that chemical. And the same mm -hmm. with the chemicals that you would use in the sterilization area, like your enzymatic cleaner in your ultrasonic um, and any of those sorts of chemicals. I totally agree with you. And I, when I think about the question I always ask in my mind, Sarah, you know, how do, can you make it easy to do the right thing? The practice you talked about before is once you find eyewear that's comfortable is leaving it on all day. They're really like to do this right. There's really not a time of the day that you would be taking it off because taking it off kind of exposes your hands to potential contamination, et cetera. And basically every task that practitioners would be doing during the day would be a place where eye protection will be appropriate and essential. I will throw in a caveat. Don't wear your dirty eyewear Please into do. the break room on your lunch break. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you take it off at lunch or if when you take a break and clean it and then go take your break and come back and don it again. Right. And so I think with that, the best practices we've seen is when practices have a place outside the break room to leave, if, if they're wearing gowns where they would leave their dirty gowns outside the break room and they would have a station to clean their hands and leave that eyewear, right? So again, like, how do you operationalize it? How do you make it easy for people to do it? Is having a little station, either right when they walk into the break room or right outside that they can take off eyewear safely, cleaning hands and having supplies there. That would be an awesome place for your anti-fog wipes as well, um, that it's um, efficient and easy to clean eyewear and take it off. I would, I would be interested to hear if people are having pressure points that we didn't talk about what their barriers to eyewear might be. I would be very interested for people to write in um, or if they have found um, things that work really well. I think these would be excellent things that uh, I would love to hear about from listeners. Yeah, I yeah, email us. We would love to hear from you. Well, just like with uh, every episode that we have, I, I learned a whole lot and 
Um, it leaves me with actually just a ton more questions, but you know, that, that, that'd be for another podcast, another day. Are you going to start so, wearing eyewear thank you when you clean all... your toilet, Dan? Well, <laughs> you know, Kate mentioned that, you know, she had a, um, a, a, an incident that caused her to wear eyewear, but quite honestly, anybody that's cleaned toilets more than once has had, they've all had incidents. You know, it's never a fun, fun thing to do. No, it's not. <laughs> we want people to be safe out there. Right. Talk about caustic chemicals. And I hope that everyone can join us for our next episode because we will be talking more about eyewear, but in a little different circumstance. So today we talked specifically about provider eyewear. Next time we're going to talk about patient eyewear and why that's important. So I hope you'll join us for that. Okay. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. And to the rest of the crew. Yes, thanks everyone for joining. It was a, a great conversation. Good way to start the new year. All right.